what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. You would think that today, during this coronavirus situation, with things changing by the minute, ever drawing closer to the mark of the beast, that people would humble themselves and get right with God. But they aren't. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of Numbers, the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 16. We're hearing a lot of numbers today over the news media, and a lot of them ain't right, but the numbers you find in God's Word, believe me, it's right. (laughs) Numbers, chapter 16, in your Bibles this morning. Move down, if you will, to verse 23. Number 16 and verse 23. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, the importance of social distancing during the Korah virus. Let's go to the Lord once again and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning for every person under the sound of my voice, every person that is here in this parking lot today, every person listening by radio, the internet, CD, or some other device. Lord, we just thank you today for every person you have brought this way. And Lord, this morning, I dare not embark upon this message without asking for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me. Lord, help me today to rightly divide this word of truth, to bring forth this word to these people. Lord, there are many needs, and Lord, there are questions. And there are people that are uneasy today about things that are going on around us. Lord, this morning, I ask for these few minutes for your anointing to rest upon me, Lord, and and let your Spirit rest upon your people today that they may hear and receive of your word and be drawn a little bit closer to you today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. Social distancing. It's a phrase that we've all heard since the outbreak of COVID-19. We've been asked to not gather in groups larger than 10. We need to 
distance ourselves at least six feet from one another. We've been asked to wear gloves, masks, wash our hands more frequently. The list goes on and on. And we've been asked to do these things because this virus is very contagious and it can be deadly to the elderly and those with pre-existing health conditions. So it's a very serious situation that we find ourselves in today, and many have died. It's not as many as we've been told because the hospitals stand to make money for every death that's counted as a COVID-19. So the numbers have been skewed, but there's no vaccine for this virus. There's no cure for it. So unfortunately, social distancing in some way is going to be a part of the new normal, which is another phrase that's being tossed about today. What do they mean by new normal? What does that mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means whatever they say it is. It's whatever fits their agenda, which means more of our rights and freedoms are going to be taken away. But I submit to you today, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a virus among the ranks of Christianity today that is far more serious than this coronavirus because this virus of which I'm speaking about has eternal consequences. It's nothing new. It's been around for a long time. And it too is very contagious. And it's killing our churches today. I call it the Korah virus. When God delivered Israel out of Egyptian bondage, God never intended for Israel to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. Their journey to the promised land should have only took a few months during which time they were to learn to trust God. But because of Israel's unbelief, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years until all of that generation passed away, leaving the next generation to go into the promised land. But this particular episode of which I have just read to you today occurred about 38 years into that sojourn. In other words, Israel was in the last days of their wilderness journey. In just a short while, it would all be over. Canaan land, ladies and gentlemen, was just in sight. But as stated, many who started the journey would never make it because of their unbelief. And many of the next generation wouldn't make it either because of Korah and his rebellion. 
The Bible tells us in number 16, verse 1, that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram took men. These were very powerful men, very influential men in the congregation of Israel. They somehow persuaded others, some 250 to be exact, famous men, men of renown, to gather themselves against Moses and Aaron. This rebellion spread very quickly among the children of Israel because down in verse 49, you will see where over 14,000 others died for joining Korah in his rebellion. And this just after the events of verse 32. Look down in number 16, verse 32. The Bible says that the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all of their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all of Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. You would think that after having witnessed such a horrendous thing, something that had never happened before in all of human history up to that time, you would think that people would have humbled themselves before God. But they didn't. You would think that today, during this coronavirus situation, with things changing by the minute, ever drawing closer to the mark of the beast, that people would humble themselves and get right with God. But they aren't. Number 16 in verse 41, the Bible says that on tomorrow all the congregation of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. I want you to get this. Although Korah and those leading the rebellion were now dead and gone, the spirit of that rebellion lived on in the hearts and minds of some of the people. The Bible says they murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Moses, who was chosen of God to lead Israel, and was given the Ten Commandments. To murmur against Moses in the mind of God is the same as murmuring against the authority and the Word of God. Aaron, Aaron was chosen of God to be the first high priest of Israel. He represented Christ, our great high priest today, who is ever making intercession for you and I. In the mind of God to murmur against Aaron was the same as murmuring against the Lord Jesus Christ. The rebellion of that day, and I want you to get this, ladies and gentlemen, 
the rebellion of that day that troubled Israel did not come from without. It did not come from the surrounding nations coming in and troubling Israel. It was not an attack from without. It was an attack from within. These were all people who were counted among the children of Israel. But they rebelled against God's divine order of government. And so it is today, ladies and gentlemen, in the modern church. There's always been a rebellion against the church from the world out here. We understand that. But this rebellion is from within. And you say, well, Brother James, what are you talking about? I'm talking about rebellion in the modern church today. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Paul told Timothy and said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, I'm not talking about the world out here. We know this world out here can be a dangerous place. Paul was talking to Timothy about the church. And the things I'm going to read to you this morning are things that are taking place in the church of the last days. And Paul said, in the last days, perilous times shall come, and it will be within the confines of the church. Well, you say, Brother James, I don't understand that. How can that be? It can be because of this right here. Church is a place where we should come and worship God. There ain't nothing wrong with you raising your hands and praising the Lord. There's nothing wrong with you giving a shout out to the Lord and say, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's nothing wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. Church is a place where you should go and hear the Word of God. But unfortunately today, when you go to church, you hear any and everything in the world but the Word of God. And Brother James, I still don't understand how church can be a perilous place, a dangerous place. It can be a dangerous place when the preacher that stands behind the pulpit does not believe what this Bible says. And he does not preach what this Bible says. It can be a dangerous place when the church is teaching false doctrine to the people. Perilous times shall come. Listen to this. A survey was done back in June of 2008 by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. Some 35,000 people across different denominations were asked this question. 
Is there only one way to heaven? A very simple question. It's not complicated, ladies and gentlemen. Is there only one way to heaven? 57% of the evangelical church attenders said they believe that many religions can lead to eternal life in direct conflict with their traditional evangelical teaching. 57%. When confronted with this and asked this question, why do you believe that? The most common answer was this. There is more than one way to interpret the Scriptures. My friend, it's perilous times in the church today when the church is sending more people to hell than anything else. Perilous times. And let me just say this. There is no other name in this world under heaven than the name of Jesus Christ whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus Christ. That's it. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. But Buddha can't get you there. Allah cannot get you there. Muhammad cannot get you there. Donald Trump can't get you there. The Democratic Party can't get you there. The only one that's going to get you there is Jesus Christ. And he did it through and by the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. Well, Brother James, you just need to be a little more open-minded. That's the problem now. That's the problem with the church today. A little bit too open-minded. But when Jesus said, I am the way, that's what he meant. He didn't say, I'm one of many ways. He said, I am the way. Definite article, the way. That's it. There is no other way, ladies and gentlemen. None. False doctrine in the church. Perilous times in the church. When the church is sending more people to hell than they are to heaven. 2 Timothy 3, verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Self-love is the big thing in the church today. I heard a preacher say just this week, he said the way to love God is to love yourself. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment. The way to love God is to love yourself. And some of you may be nodding your head. Well, that sounds pretty good, James. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says in Luke 9, 23, the way to love God is to deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow Jesus Christ. You deny yourself, not love. Yourself, But in the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Instead of preaching the gospel today on how to apply it to the sin in your life, the prosperity gospel is being preached and taught. How to get rich. 
how you can use the gospel to affect your pocketbook. Everybody's supposed to be rich. Name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Send me a thousand dollars and God will give you a hundred thousand dollars. Prosperity gospel. Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross to address the sin in your life, not your pocketbook ladies and gentlemen. But we live in a covetous age today where the preacher will stand up behind the pulpit and preach any and everything in the world as long as it don't offend anybody. Boasters proud. Verse 2 again. Boasters proud. Oh, good grace and mercy. I'm going to upset some people now. Some of you visiting today, I thank God for you. Some of you just tuning in by radio, you with me up to this point, but I'm going to turn some of you off now. I can't help that. But churches today competing with one another is not of God. Let me say that again. Churches competing with one another trying to take members from this church over here, doing this and doing that, to take members from other churches and, and churches competing with one another. That is not of God, ladies and gentlemen. This idea of my church being better than your church and my church is bigger than your church, that's not of God. That same spirit, ladies and gentlemen, was in the disciples. The disciples were bickering and fussing at the Lord's Supper just hours before he would go to the cross and they were arguing over who was going to be the greatest. And Jesus Christ got down on his hands and knees and girded himself with a towel and he humbled himself and washed the disciples' feet. In order to be great in the kingdom of God, one must humble themselves before God. Boasters, proud, blasphemers. I heard one word of faith preacher say, Jesus' death on the cross was the greatest defeat in human history. You think of that. Jesus' death on the cross was the greatest defeat in human history. That's blasphemy. Because Jesus' death on Calvary was the greatest victory the world has ever known. It was when Jesus died on Calvary that He took your sin and He took my sin and He paid the price that we might be saved. And it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell on the inside of us and to bind up that sin nature that's inside of us. There is no greater power than that. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Unholy. Let me deal with that a little bit. What happened to the good old-fashioned holiness preaching? 
I'm not talking about preaching, telling people to wear their shirt sleeve down to a certain amount or wearing your hair up in a bun or makeup or lipstick or, 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 or things of that nature. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about holiness preaching. Where sin is called black and hell is preached hot. Holiness preaching. When I was a boy growing up, there were some things that was called sin. Shacking up was sin. Homosexuality was sin. Smoking was sin. Alcohol drinking is sin. Telling dirty jokes is a sin. Going to the nightclubs is a sin. Dances was a sin. Pornography was a sin. The list goes on and on. But when I was coming along, there were some things that was called sin. Today it's called a psychological defect. Psychological defect. My friend, you don't need your psychological defect dealt with. You need your sin dealt with. Sin. There was a time when the church stood up for some things. There was a time when some things was right and some things was wrong and you could hear about it from behind the pulpit. But God forbid we say anything about it today because it might offend somebody. Go ahead and get mad with me if you want to. You're not getting mad at me. You're getting mad with what this book says. Take it up with God. I'm just a delivery boy. I'm just a messenger. Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see God. And let me say this too. You do not get holiness in your account with God by going to church, by doing all the right things, crossing every T and dotting every I. Although those things are important, but you're not holy because you do certain things or not do certain other things. But you are holy today if your faith is in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did for you at Calvary. And that is the only thing that makes you holy today. If you make it to heaven today, it'll be because of what Jesus Christ did for you and not what you are doing. It's all in what you believe. Do you believe today? Holiness. Without natural affection, 2 Timothy 3, verse 3. Without natural affection. We've got entire sectors of Christianity today saying that homosexuality and gay marriage is okay. And not only that, but they are endorsing such and ordaining such to preach and to pastor. You think of that. It's the spirit of Korah. The Korah virus. Without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Preaching like what I'm trying to give to you today is old-timey, it's old-fashioned, it's outdated. Brother James, you need to step up to the 21st century. 
We don't do that anymore. Well, I don't care what you do. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And it's through and by the preaching of the Word of God that God has chosen to bring forth His message to the world. The preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we're lovers of pleasures today more than lovers of God. Here's what's happening in a lot of churches today. The preaching is out. The going thing now is to share a short movie clip and point out some of the good things in that movie clip and have everybody walk out the door feeling all warm and fuzzy. Without the true preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to feel warm all right, but it ain't going to be fuzzy. Are you listening to me today? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I wonder this morning how many people had the opportunity to come and be here in this service today and worship God, but instead they chose to be somewhere else. Now, I'm not talking about they didn't come because the coronavirus or whatever. They just didn't care about the things of God. They loved that pleasure of going down to the beach or going to the lake or going up to the mountains or doing something else. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You go to church and everything looks like God. It sounds like God. Scriptures are quoted. But the cross, the power of God is ignored in how to overcome sin in your life. It's ignored because it might offend somebody. Denying the power. What is church to you? Is it stained glass windows? Is it padded pews? Is it a building with a steeple on top of it? What is church to you? Jesus said, wherever two or more gather together in my name, there I am in the midst. And that's where you have church, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ being in the midst of two or three of his people. And people are touched, and people are blessed, and needs are being met, and people are healed by the power of God, and people are saved. That's church. That's the power of God. But the power of God is being denied today. It's being denied within the hearts and lives of people. And Paul said, latter part of verse 5, he said, From such turn away. The true born-again believer must social distance themselves from such things because it's very contagious and it'll drag you down and totally wreck you if you do not social distance yourself from such. God told Moses, Numbers 16, verse 16, He said, social distance yourself from these men. Look at verse 23. 
The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak unto the congregation. Tell them to get away from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up. And he spake to the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all of their sins. And they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side, social distancing from that which is evil, wicked, and ungodly. And there are some of you, under the sound of my voice today, you need to social distance yourself from that church you're going to because they're not preaching the truth, they're not preaching against sin, they're not giving you the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it'll do you best to get away from such. From such, turn away. Get in a church somewhere where the power of God is moving and the preacher is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 17, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. When the people socially distanced themselves from Korah, and those wicked men, the Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed them all. Consumed them on the spot. I wonder today how many, under the sound of my voice, are consumed with this coronavirus and the cares of this life. Let me tell you something today, friend. This is only temporary. But the Korah virus and the sin virus has eternal consequences to it. And you need to separate yourself from such. My friend, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior today and socially distanced yourself from those affected by Korah and the virus of sin, those who are in rebellion against God, you're going to lose your soul. As a Christian, social distancing yourself from sin and those who are in rebellion against God should become your new normal. Sharing the gospel with them should be your protective equipment. The Bible says if we confess Jesus Christ before men, we shall be saved. That's something you should do on a daily basis. People out here in the world need to know where you stand. Let me ask you this today. Where do you stand? with God. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4200. 
1-800-227-5734. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 